got the boys together. Jonas. To do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hang With The Boys, where we're going to be talking about Eric Kripke's new hit show on Amazon, The Boys. This episode, we're talking about season one, episode four, The Female of the Species. Uh, <laughs> my favorite species. Uh, f- wait, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> What's your favorite species? Because a female is part of... No, it's not. The female, a, just in general, it's a different is his species. favorite. It's, favorite. it's science. It's science? That's a different species. There's the male species, uh-huh. and then there's the female species, uh-huh. and it makes up the human species. 60% of the time, it works every time? Yep. Kind there's of a reason we don't have a, sh- a science show mm-hmm. on this network. Because there's be, no one that would be on the show. It would be scientist Tony and mathematician Mike, which is just a train. So break. basically, it would be a There's only one gender show. per species. We oh. just, yeah. Is there now? Mm-hmm. This, this is getting into all kinds of fucked up. But anyway, this episode was we also direct- have the transgender species as well yeah which one does that which one does that hit i don't know all right then <laughs> so this one was directed by frederick e.o toy and written by craig rosenberg did you actually get that name correct i think so but mostly because it was only four letters <laughs> there's a limit to how far i can go with last names before the phonetics just crap out can i like can i just talk about how deeply depressing some of this episode was Dude, that's the thing is that I've I have recommended this show to everyone I work with, yeah. everyone I see whenever I start talking about what we're watching. And I always preface it with this is going to make you just so depressed about the world you live in today. And you're going to hate it and you're going to love every second of it. It's almost like being told that you're a piece of shit but you already know that you're a piece of shit so like at, you're depressed at first but you're like man it's kind of true so you know? like the thing is like game of thrones with the evil characters of joffrey and and ramsey and tywin who did all this fucked up stuff a right. lot of people could distance themselves because well it's a fantasy world our world doesn't have dragons and yeah now, i've never i've never you know stuck a, a bedpost in someone's butthole before oh, right so like, yeah. right meanwhile the boys is as close to real world as it can get probably with lawsuits and criminal action and legal proceedings and without being a snuff show yeah. without being a snuff show but it feels like you're still watching that and it's just as depressing just as sad but it's captivating and amazing to watch but you're right dude it, it literally is a mix of depression and enjoyment yeah. as i'm watching this it's, it's weird it's rough yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's disturbing and uncomfortable at times, yeah. but not disturbing because of the sexual content. Mm, my favorite. It, it, it's just uncomfortable and the disturbing. Actual content. It, the, the yes, like the airplane scene, which we're going to oh. get into. That to me is one of the most darkest elements I have ever seen on TV, and it yeah. far outweighs anything we've seen on Game of Thrones. And you may yeah. say, you know, Ramsey did some awful things. He raped people and cut off penises and did horrible things. But it's pretty bad. The difference is, yes, it's fantasy and fictitious and a fantastical world, but also Ramsey knew that he was evil. Yeah. He knew he was, he knew a, he was bad a bad guy head. doing bad things. Right. This Highlander, Highlander, High, um, what's his Homelander. name? Homelander. He's not the Highlander. No, he, there is not <laughs> only one. Did Thomas do that last week? No, you did. Oh, was that, that was me? you. Oh, wow. <laughs> you clearly don't know the name of the main character of the show. I think that was Thomas. That was you. We, until we fact check, I'm saying it's you. It's 100% okay. you. Uh, and then you have Homelander who is just, he has a superiority complex and it almost justifies what he does in his mind. These are just ants. Oh, it's, it's not no, It's no different than how we, oh, we stepped on an ant. Oh, well. Oh, I kicked over an anthill, which for you, you're like, whatever. Meanwhile, for them, it's like that scene in Avatar when the tree not falls yeah. over. It's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. everything's dying. Yeah, and because we know that Homelander and these soups are essentially just allegories for corporations, uh-huh. um, it just brings something real. I think that's the it. worst part because- and I don't want to get too far ahead. We'll get into that with the discussion, but it really is the value of life and in, in the perspective yeah. that these soups put on it. It's really hard to watch. And I, I do think if it didn't have the 
veneer of superhero and spectacle around it, it would be more akin to something like, yep. honestly, like Chernobyl, where you're like, this is a terrifying atrocity. Yeah. And yet we're watching it. The problem with Chernobyl is it's an actual, it's real. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. This this doesn't it, it get feel, that level yeah. of. I would argue that this is real. I mean, yeah. it is the, the, just, the, the stories. Just, just take away the superheroes. A couple characters yeah. are different, but the story's true. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And that that's why it's so uncomfortable. I'm just watch. waiting for Ramirez to show up in this Highlander show. So dumb. <laughs> I'll give him the last one. Yeah. That's for Snotty. All right, Ryan, can you give us a synopsis for episode four? Of course. Uh, on a very special episode of The Boys, an hour of guts, gutter balls, airplane hijacking, uh, madness, ghosts, and one very intriguing female. Oh, and lots of heart, both in a sentimental sense and in the gory literal sense. I don't know who wrote this synopsis. It's pretty horrible. But it actually. was the official synopsis on IMDb. That's a little I, odd. It's a little shitty. It, it feels clickbaity. I could write something better. Like, it, it feels a little funny, but a little bit clickbaity, too. I think... It's a weird juxtaposition to have as dark a subject material and a tone as these episodes have, and then have this here read like some sort of fucking vampire (laughs) Halloween special, like tits, guts, and gore. Like that's what it feels like. Not specifically in that order, (laughs) right? Like here's my titties with blood on it. (laughs) You're ready for some hijackings, Mm. hijacks, and hijinks. Oh, yeah. It's just. As I ghost one out for you. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is an awful thing. You, this- you said that, and the first thing I thought of is South Park where he gets the computer and he, he jerks off and his jizz everywhere. It's ghost ectoplasm. Oh. Uh, why, the ghost. Ryan? No, it's it's a bad synopsis. It, it doesn't give you... That's not something that I would read and say, yep, got to catch that episode. Yeah, this was one of the writers that hasn't had a chance yet to write a script. <laughs> he wrote, and, like, episode six. And, like, Craig P's like, hey, go fill out the IMDb synopsis. Got to make sure people understand what's going on each week in the episodes. That's what you can do this week. That's how you can help. Fill out the uh, intern synopsis. Do you still want you still want your coffee, Mr. Kripke? Uh, After you write me a synopsis. I'll make sure it's booger-free. I'll get the fuck out of here. Go, <laughs> go fix that IMDb page. <laughs> Yeah, it's what if Kripke was like that. How's like that a total yeah, prick? How like meta would the show be then? Well, no. But how <laughs> sad would we be? We find out like he's the oh. biggest douchebag. I'd be super like if I met him at like San Diego or whatever. I'm I, your biggest fan, Kripke. I love you, man. Fuck, oh, fuck you, you piece of shit. Well, now if he said it like that, I'd cry. If he said it like Thomas, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's awesome. I'd be like, oh, oh. That is true, though. You could if if he was deliberately like aggressive like ryan's you'd be like oh man this guy's a prick but if he had like that comical like fuck off like in the Kirk background Sutter. okay that would be like, funny that would be, that, that would you'd be like he yeah. told me to fuck off yeah i'm gonna go do that now like, i'm gonna Kirk go Sutter you... does that to his fans and you you'd know? be in the same boat like he told me to fuck off <laughs> he told me to fuck off dude yeah all stupidly giddy about it yeah anyway that that is a kind of a weak synopsis this episode probably the darkest so far truthfully mm-hmm. like but with a weird perfectly Kripke-esque mix of humor as well at the right fucking times mm-hmm. that is just so fucking they macabre. always know how to pull it back right before it gets goes a little too far yeah they, they know how to pull just out right before you nut so stupid let me let me rephrase that <laughs> i i said that oh, they wow. know how to pull back right before they go too far no they go very far but when they're done, they give you a towel. Then they say, "All right, let's uh, let's, let's bring some in. levity here." Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still just. I liked uh, my analogy better, but okay. <laughs> it's all been good things, though. So mine far. was like, an analogy. Jesus. Despite <laughs> the fact that the show is incredibly dark, people have been very receptive to it. We already know that it was greenlit for a second season, which apparently seems to be doing quite well. According to a recent article from Newsweek, the boys season two premiere way better than I ever could have hoped for, says Seth Rogen. Uh, Ryan, can you give us a little bit of that? Uh, yes. So he, he goes on to say, yes, they already have more resources for the second season and they're adding more characters. The scope of the show organically grows as the show continues, Rogan said. And we just watched the first episode of the second season this weekend. It was a wonderful thing. As producers, we were like, this is way better than I ever could have hoped. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see that there has been very positive reception to this. I mean, this has been talked about a lot. Everyone I know 
has at least a reference point. Like, oh yeah, the boys, that new thing on Amazon. Like everyone knows about this show, and everyone I know who's seen it has loved it. I just, I'm hoping you know, Seth Rogen doing his PR and also his partner Goldberg are doing PR for this where they didn't do a whole lot for the first season. They were too busy with the final season of preacher. I'm hoping this isn't a sign that, Hey, this is a really big hit. Uh, we're going to get involved a little more with this now. Yeah. Because oh, it's a please hit. Please learn from your past mistakes. It's a hit because of Kripke. We saw what you guys did with Ennis's other source material preacher. And the first season was a travesty. It was like an aborted fetus oh. that resurrected itself to life and tried to attack me. A, a zombie it fetus. necromanced itself to yeah. life. Yikes, it's, it's awful. So I, I just don't want them saying or thinking, you know what? This is a hit. We need to get involved a little more. No, no, please. Hands. We need to get our hands in this a little bit more. Because that was the problem I felt with Preacher. It had all of the... It had all of the clues or evidence mm-hmm. of two filmmakers that have no idea how to write TV. It felt like an extended form feature film, and it was just awful. And so, the, if the Russo brothers the did a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please don't don't get involved with us. Let Kripke continue to do his thing. Well, so they so they go on he, in the in the article, which is actually pretty cool. So it talks a little bit about season two. It says by the end of first season. Uh, Boys have dead, obviously devastated Vought. So this is this is spoiler free. So, um, but the super superpowered corporation is sure to strike back in season two. Vought CEO Mister Egger has numerous other superhero teams at his disposal, including Payback, led by a neo-Nazi named Stormfront in the original comics. The character will be played by Aya Cash. The Seven may be in disarray, but remain a major threat. Uh, with Homelander more dangerous than ever. How, canonically, though, that does make me laugh. I'm like, okay, so you guys as a company. Signed a neo-Nazi to your, like, brand. Yeah. Then again, I look at the world today, and I'm like, eh, I'm not too far back. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it sounds like they're they're going to amp it up just enough in season two. Which, I mean, is obviously the route to go. A lot of shows suffer from the first season being like, ah, eh, you know, you got to get through X number of episodes. I mean, you hear that even Which about... Which I don't... I think that's a thing with this show. You hear that about, you know, all kinds Everything, of critically yeah. acclaimed shows later. Like, oh, the first season you kind of skip, or after episode X... The boys knocked it out right away. It's been doing very well. So season two going bigger and better. I'm I'm hoping that's the case. One thing that we've talked about. Just don't fly too close to the sun. Too don't yeah, Icarus don't, this. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm hoping not. But it is nice to see Kripke get some recognition for his for work once, that we as fans of Supernatural have, have preached for years. Like Soylent fucking Green sounding like crazy people. You know, Kripke's amazing. Kripke's amazing, and everyone's like, "What show is that?" I don't care. Yeah. For, That's the, that as show far as for the chicks, main, right? As far as the mainstream is concerned, so to see this one get so much repeat press and talking about is very nice, especially as they move towards season two. I think since this was the first season with as well received as it was, fuck, fuck, dude, sky's the limit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so now, one thing we always should remember to do is invest our own money in our future. Otherwise a superhero might obliterate you on the side of the street and you won't be able to pay for funeral costs. <laughs> so invest your spare change automatically join almost 4 million people saving and investing every day for sign up in no time to save and invest more money. Acorns core automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalance when the market fluctuates. Save for the future. Invest with Acorns. Once the show is on demand, guys, click the Acorns link with the description of this broadcast and start saving. Great job, Thomas. I'm part of the Vought Corporation. We did it. <laughs> Yay. I was not going to draw attention to his success, but I thanks. Am. It can always be yep. cut out, whatever. <laughs> So we said earlier that this episode is perhaps one of the darkest so far. I mean, which is surprising because I think there's been like murder and death in every episode. And I, it's, it's <laughs> weird. But murder, murder does that? equate to dark like, themes all the time. Not always. I don't, yeah. I mean, like, dude, it was a dildo bomb. Like, I mean, that up is what's bum. not to love. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I feel like, but Look you're at right. Zombieland. Look at Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Very death gory. Everywhere. Yeah. And, murder heavy. But it's lighthearted. Yep. And that's a, 
he literally says, that, Mike. he literally says, look at this fucking clown before he kills a clown with a hammer. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's certain things where it's like, oh, it's not, it's not that dark. Well, I mean, it's all about context. And this is dark. Mike is absolutely right. You're and Ryan. You are too, that this is not simply murder. This, this was horrifying. I think that's truly the best way to say it. I mean, just when you thought the show couldn't get any darker, you know, Craig Rosenberg peels back yet another layer and we see an even more twisted version. I mean, that's honestly probably one of the best ways to describe him. Twisted, twisted. version of Homelander. Like, and here I thought and asked you guys if Homelander gets worse. I said, <laughs> I said like, yes. Is he that bad? He seems pretty nice. He'll I save s- us, right, Homelander? That's Mike over there. Oh, yeah. The I, I would have I I bought the farm when he told me everything's going to be okay. I'm like, all right, I would have sat back down in my airplane You'd, you'd seat. have pulled out your Nintendo like, Switch. Can I get playing, some peanuts, yeah. please? And, <laughs> so people are wait, flying wait, around. Pe- peanuts or penis? Which one did you say? Either or. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the thing for me on this one is just how... We've seen so many times we've seen Superman or whoever it is lift a plane mm-hmm. and save the plane. And in your head, you're like, Homelander has those powers. He should be able to stop, like, you know, save him. Mm-hmm. So at, at halfway through that they scene, brought I'm like, physics into this. Yeah. Dude, at, at like I, halfway was through, I was like, he's going to save him, right? Like, it, I mean, he can't just let all these people die, right? And he was like, no. Nah, nah, so, so this, the, the plane scene was easily the biggest set piece, easily the darkest moment of this episode. But I was surprised with that. I was amazed that they put a bit of physics into it because it's something that to this point in the show i hadn't even thought about considered thought, or about, thought yeah. about that you know in the, yes you know real physics are you have nothing to push against in the air you can't just like fly go you would your force like if you think about it your force of you flying you would have to have like quintuple the force of the plane to push up on it, right? Like if if you can move fast enough when you're flying. I don't know. Let's write up the equation on the whiteboard over here. Yeah, hold on. Let me hold on right, right now. Let's use uh, a fulcrum. Can you use? A, is that <laughs> is work fulcrum? for this? Uh, David, Someone do you have an protractor. abacus we can use? Um, we're gonna need an abacus for these calculations. Um, yeah, I just. <laughs> I no, but see- that's that's always been something that has been a very big downer to most superhero comic books and movies. Anybody who doesn't like. Heroes like oh that's not physically accurate and shit like that. I hate but those that people, comes into play here in a very balls. dark sense because once again Homelander's you know recklessness inability to control or give a shit when it comes to the actual superhero element results in the plane getting trashed where they can't land the fucking thing. I think you can frame this entire scene. By simply saying he is completely detached and void of any empathy when it comes to humans. Yes. Now, what will be interesting moving forward, if he has any type of attachments besides uh, his this weird thing he has going on with Stillwell. But does he look at humans just as insignificant? Uh, does he look at everyone that way? We, we do see how he treats Maeve, but he dil- still has a certain amount of respect. He at least treats her somewhat as an equal. But he doesn't treat the deep as an equal right yeah, because the deep's just a joke but is and that I but think, to mike's point is that because he's the joke character as he had in his therapy session you know this week yeah or is it that i think it's the, homelander has a look at everyone beneath him that he doesn't respect or is it a human genetic thing he has the god complex he 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 100 has the god complex where if, if you look at who he is okay it, it, it was yeah go ahead sorry I mean, if you look at who he is he is the superman of this world he is literally has no weakness in the sense of, you, you know what I mean? No, mm-hmm. no weakness, weakness. Um, that we know of yet. Yeah, right? like Superman has kryptonite, whatever. He doesn't have, we, we haven't seen anything like that. So for him, these characters like, for example, Maeve, she can't fly. She's not on his level. The Deep doesn't have fucking laser eyes or fly, not on his level. None of these characters are on his level. So for him, yeah, they may be sort of equals, but he doesn't look at them that way. He is the alpha of what is going on with the superheroes. So he has that God complex. And I think the scene here gets real when he starts shooting down every one of Maeve's ideas. Well, I can't fly away 327 times and well, come it's not, back. It's not even that he can't. It's, it's that just, he won't. It's just not important. He doesn't even try. Yeah, he doesn't even it's want to try. It's not worth it. That, it's like if somebody asked you, can you save 120 ants? Say, take the cricket outside. You've got Why 30 seconds to save 100. I'm going to stomp on give it. give a shit. Yeah. That's that I'm gonna attitude. Pour, I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to pour a water bottle on this and watch them all drown. I don't care. It's I, that angry kid with a magnifying glass. Yeah, absolutely. But but the thing is, he's so lazy that he doesn't even want to use the magnifying it's, it's, glass. Yeah, well, it's 
yeah, it's not even laziness. It's just sheer disregard. The the humans and this face he puts on to the rest of the world is just a, a means to an end. So he's playing the part. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why this entire scene was so made me get, you know, fill so much with dread at the end. I mean, that whole entire, it was just uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. I was sweating. My hands were clenched well, because-, because you see the people around him thinking that he is this one thing. There's the image of, of Homelander is all American. He's a hero. He's going to save us. But meanwhile, as soon as he turns his back, he doesn't give two shits. And again, yeah. reminding us and remembering, I should say, what he represents. He represents the greedy corporations and executives yep. of the yep. world. It just brings it to a very uncomfortable, intimate level, up close and personal, what we mean to these people. It's And you're right, Ryan, going back to the God complex you can go right back to Zeus and Mount Olympus and his he, reaching out to the lesser God saying, don't, don't die with these people. Yeah. You're better than you're them. better. Than, they should worship us. It's, yeah. it's so uncomfortable. It's, well, it's so awesomely done yep. because I don't think I've watched a moment on TV that made me feel this uncomfortable. And it wasn't the classic go-tos it wasn't a gory moment it wasn't a rape scene it wasn't uh you know a a death of a loved one this was something that on paper may not have felt this uncomfortable yeah okay you have a group of people they're gonna die homelander doesn't want to save them so he's gonna exit the plane and leave them to die on paper that sounds twisted but your your view of superheroes is what skews you and the way you think about this scene because you think perception yep your perception of superheroes you're saying oh my god there's two superheroes on the plane they should be able to save them there should be nothing that goes wrong here and it's your thought process of superman and how many times he saved a, a crashing plane in your head and in the comic books and in movies and then the whole time this realist view of, okay, there's no way they can actually save these people. Yeah. And the, to watch him go two face from, we're, we're, don't worry, everything's fine, everything's fine. And he turns his back and his facial expression changes. And yeah. it's like, I don't give a fuck if you all die right now. It doesn't matter to me. Well, well, and that's why Frederick Toy, I was trying to get to that. Like he's, I think he just did a great job with that entire, entire scene as a director. The mm-hmm. fact that he was able to take Rosenberg's words and execute it in that fashion. I mean, my hat's off to him because that was one of the best scenes I have ever watched on TV because it just encompassed so many different conflicting feelings. It was really good. How about, how about the – I'm sorry, Thomas. Go ahead. The biggest thing to me, dude, is that the reason it's – you said it's not an easy one, not an easy low-hanging fruit such as murder or death of a loved right. one or a rape scene, which happens very, very frequently – this was a scene where we see someone with a complete lack of humanity. Yeah. A complete lack of conscious guilt or care. It's very alien. It's very unsettling. It's something straight out of, you know, Hitchcock's psycho that you're watching this with with disbelief because you can't truly believe someone would act this way in this scenario. And it's just the kudos to the actor, just the the calm reserve. Man, eh, nothing we can do. Looks like we're leaving attitude and just the two-faced of course i'm gonna save you fuck that kind of attitude and to your point it was very uncomfortable because there's obviously a recent historical memory of people on planes crying and and being alive for their last in american history you know september 11th and those events united 93 the whole thing it's something that does resonate with us a little bit more so even though it's fictional here, it's to see not just how he played it on the plane, but worse yet, how he turned it into mm-hmm. something beneficial. His decision to let everyone die because they can't risk the story getting out that they didn't help and then turning those deaths into a political power play. That is evil. That is like the definition of evil. That is something to your point, Mike. What corporations and these other groups really think. Stillwell was not concerned that they didn't save anyone. She was happy that his he was clever enough to come up with a moment yeah. to turn that into their favor. They only care about you as far as they're that you're beneficial. Saving the people on the plane was beneficial. Let's look when at it. When it wasn't, their death became beneficial. And that's as much as you matter to them. It's a fucking numbers game. 
Yeah, and we can look at it from another side of things as well. Let's say they represent the politicians of the world. How many times do we see the spinning of a tragedy? There is a shooting. Yep. yep. Uh, That's why we need to control guns. Yeah, we need to control guns or we need more guns. Or the other one, yeah. Politicians will look for tragedies so that they can use it for political gain. 90% of politicians do not care who shits about you or anything else. They play make-believe. And they spin stories and tragedies so that they can push through legislation, something that they've been working on, something that will make them look good, something that will uh, the pro- propel eye. their political careers. This is exactly what Vought and Homelander were doing. Yeah. Dude, this show speaks to our current social landscape in so many ways in so many depressing ways it represents i should say it represents so many and i know we say this with every episode discussion to date but every single episode there's more evidence of a social political message not just a pop culture one or a social one but a social political aspect to where as to where we're at currently as a society. And it's deep and it's dark. And when you start looking at what they're doing in the show, that's why this is all just so uncomfortable because it's very, very real. It's too close to home. And it's just it's the genius of Ennis's source material as well as Kripke's a way to adapt this and develop this for TV in a way that you're taking the 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 classic form of escapism and turning it into a form of realism to say something. Which is what good art should do. Yeah. Well, it's even it's even more a testament to Kripke and how he, they turn this into, like you said, from the source material. This came out in two thousand six. Yeah. So, like for for because none of these problems are new. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. These aren't new problems, <laughs> and I think it's interesting to to take something from two thousand six and real the quick. Things, how fucking sad is that? It's depressing. <laughs> it goes to show you that all of this bitching on social media just doesn't matter because these are the problems we've been going through the, for since decades. the thirties. Hey, shocker, guys! When you say something on social media, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't. Prayers <gasps> for the Amazon. I'm going to tweet about this. I've been tweeting about getting a bigger dick. So yeah. Well, I was hoping it. There's worked. nothing. Nine really years and going. I was starting a change.org as well. Oh wow! Yeah. You should start a Kickstarter. Help me get a bigger penis. Go fund me. Yep. What like a dick extension? It's a thing. Dick, it's a thing. That's weird. I just think it's interesting that they took source material from 2006 and they they were able to adapt it to literally everything that's going on in today's yeah. world. And I think that's why a lot of these issues hit harder, you know, and that's why making Homelander turn this situation into a political makes it even more sinister. And it hits you even harder because this is exactly what's going on when there's a school shooting or any type of, you know, and, and they politicize it's, it. Yeah, they politicize anything. It doesn't matter what it is. And it's it's for their for their gain. So you know? then question, is I mean, that what it's ultimately for, for Homelander? It can't be a money thing. He ha- he can have money doesn't mean he has all the yet. money. He can do anything he wants. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that we, out. We know that he demands or wants respect within the Vought Corporation, power within that company, respect or the admiration of Stillwell, and perhaps even the, the CEO, whose at the moment name escapes me, who controls everything and that we the shadowy figure we've yet to see is it simply a power thing a control thing for him yes there's the logistics of him being too fucking lazy and disinterested to save even a single person but at the but same why time why this? does yeah. he why is he like that is it a mental fuck up thing is there a greater purpose to it that that is not a negative towards this episode as it is this has been a very slow burn show yeah. for everyone so it's something that i'm sure will be addressed for sure because i these are the questions i have because when you have a character who has such a a superiority complex right yeah where he feels like he's better than everyone then why does he even care about having anyone's approval why does yeah. he want to be a part of the military take you your think he'd be more take like your laser Manhattan. ball eyes and your just, laser balls your laser balls take That's your laser like, so he shoots ropes out of but they're lasers out of laser his laser if he ejaculates would it like kill someone oh, yeah like, dude it, the force of the ejaculation like would go straight through him it's like superman yeah yeah like a normal imagine, human's can, goes pretty fast can you imagine if the chick was blowing him and he shot a load and it She's would just dead. blow out the back of her throat dude are we gonna see that are you giving us spoilers no there's no spo- i, I would his, never tell you spoilers. is his version. this is my version this is my right the porn parody yeah 
I mean, we've already seen someone's if face. If I was get Homelander, crushed. it's what I would do. I'd be shooting ropes and killing people. Oh my god! Boom. I'm like, who wants to be saving us playing? Get to sucking. <laughs> Jesus, better Christ. wear a helmet. Uh, all right. Hey, Maeve, want me to save these kids? Get to sucking. <laughs> Lift that skirt up, baby. Wow, dark. <laughs> Um, I mean, the show's already dark. Whatever. No, but but no, it, it's, it's, it's not dark. It's more lighthearted. Our comedy. It's oh, got to right, be. Right. It's got to be a power thing. Like, because you're right, Mike. There's usually some sort of reason behind because it. Because he doesn't need anyone. When you think about it, you just go and blow up the military if you wanted to. He could be Doctor Manhattan and live yeah. on Mars, yeah. and just I'm yeah. better than everyone else. I don't need them. Yeah. So what's his purpose? Is he so insecure with something about himself that he feels that he? Is or is it that corporate that he needs Vought or like it's it's a bit or, strange to me or is he that corporate embodiment that there is no limit to how much I can have? No, you know, it could be that simple as that. And it's a very it's it's they've done a good job between episodes three and four setting up him and Queen Maeve because we see behind the curtain who she is and the situation she finds herself in. On this plane, which seems it's very obvious that this is like a microcosm of her fucking day to day with this guy from the single shooter in episode three to this this plane. Now, Maeve has a shred uh, uh, what's left a fragment of humanity to her. She was trying to come up with ways to save the plane. She was trying to come up with ways to save all the people then a handful of people then just one person like she kept trying and even though she eventually chose to save herself i mean you got to give her some sort of self-preservation that we would all inevitably pick in that scenario i feel like it was a very telling moment and i think that was the entire point i think this was the moment where uh, the writers were like okay we need to we need to distinguish her we need to give her we need to show the audience that she's not as far gone as, say, A-Train or Homelander. That there's a... Yeah, because an A-Train beats a sh- someone's face in to yeah, brickwork. She has same a shred episode. of humanity. Yes, uh, that, that she's not that far gone. Mm-hmm. And maybe she'll end up being an insider. I, I, I don't know because it seems like she's very... What's the... I think she's uh, torn... I think she has a thing for Homelander, obviously, and I think she is upset at herself that she keeps going going with the flow. But Homelander seems to have some type of control over her. She's that that kid in the eighties, nineties movies who was like part of the bully group, but didn't really want to be, but was too afraid to be seen helping out the loser nerd. But she will always be a goonie deep down inside. <laughs> oh my god! When that, does she do the truffle shuffle? It's I just, something to or that set effect. booby traps. Oh Jesus! It's something to that effect. But you're right. This they deliberately put her against Homelander, who's so far gone, to show that even though she's not great, she's not like Huey or Starlight, she is still very good by comparison. But then... She doesn't seem to be okay with, she's the, things, not. with the things Homelander does. Even when he took out that uh, sniper. Yeah. She was like, she was frustrated. Like, what are you doing? Why, why did you kill him? Yeah. It's already over. He can't hurt us kind of thing. Yeah. So she's exasperated, but it does beg the question that that philosophical element of you know evil wins when good men do nothing she's clearly powerful maybe not homelander powerful but we don't know her strengths or limitations does she have some sort of responsibility to try and stop him to try and do something does that guilt that humanity aspect of her result in her ultimately being saved or or redeemable or can she turn a new leaf in some way? Or is it because she's done nothing that'll ultimately with and still carries this guilt, but does nothing? Does that condemn her to being just as guilty as Homelander? You know, are you wrong if you had the power to do something, but it would cost you your own life, so you didn't? Or can you be blamed for wanting self-preservation at the same time? That's a question that a lot of us don't think about truthfully, but probably a lot of people would answer the same. A bunch of strangers you've never met or yourself. Yeah, but but it, it's the dark it's, night moment with the with the ships, dude. It's how much is one life worth? How much is your life worth? Because intrinsically we carry we, we put our own value on ourselves. 
We have to. It's biological. So is she wrong for wanting to do that? No, to save but herself. It, but, but, but but at the same time, she's a superhero, and her her job is to save people's lives. So it's a conflict. So is she? Is her punishment always bearing that guilt? You or have is she... to. I mean, how often have we seen a superhero that You're always bears the guilt? Also, thinking of the classic superhero right, archetype, I, right. not a human and with powers. Yes, these aren't superheroes. These exactly, Thomas. These are humans with powers yeah. that a corporation has, has built up as superheroes. Into into superheroes. That's the biggest key. It's it's not Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, heroes, good people. These are people with powers yeah. that corporations have branded. So I don't know. I, I I was kind of relatively bored with Queen Maeve. Like she looked interesting. I liked her character, obviously akin to Wonder Woman, who I'm a fan of. So I wanted to see more of her, but they hadn't done a lot. So now I'm actually interested to see how does her characterization how does her character develop based on these events i agree i feel like the opening two episodes i wasn't too interested in her but over the last two episodes Mm -hmm. three and four i feel like they have managed to make her interesting my interest has peaked yeah i I feel like there's a lot more to her and the same thing with um the deep yeah and i weird right i hate i hate that that you said that because in the first episode he's such a scumbag but then suddenly i'm like okay well this guy has a conscience he actually cares about something he cares about dolphins he cares about you know the environment (laughs) he's not a horrible person but then you see him cutting promos for the environment he's like so, but again, uh, self-preservation. Well, he's a douche. Yeah, and I also think there's a there's a fear element there. He's afraid of Homelander. Well, who isn't? Yeah. He's afraid of Homelander. So maybe he's being a certain type of way, acting a certain type of way. He's pretending to be alpha because he's everyone else's beta. And it's what Homelander expects of him. Yeah. To save face, be this. Otherwise, well, even I'm still going well, to kill you. Even Stillwell says, play to your strengths. And is that not... A Hollywood statement. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're oh, pretty. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote a screenplay, though, and I really think I should get into directing. Mm, you're pretty. Play to your strengths. Yeah. Just just don't think too much. Don't act. You know, don't try too much. Just do what you're good at and don't ask too many questions. I mean, show us your dick outline. Just show us that yeah, dick let's outline. See it. Ooh, baby. It's funny that his character, of all people, is the one with the VO <laughs> visible dick outline <laughs> as well. But you're right, dude. He, he goes from being... How much of knowing what we know now about him, as he, weird as it kind of was. interesting, and I actually feel for him a bit. It makes you look back at that first episode and say, there's no excusing it. Yeah. But you can understand how he got to that point. Right. I think it's, that's the point. It's, it's I don't feel we, like, I don't think that they're trying to justify no, his actions more no. than explain why. why he is who he is. And that's the thing is that we talked before about like that feeling powerless in episode, I think it was two feeling powerless and and finally taking control in some way and as fucked up as it is that's one way in which he exerted control when she didn't know that he wasn't number two that he was just everyone else's laughing stock fish boy you know showing that it it doesn't excuse it but it gives you a reason as to why you know murder rape they're still wrong but if you're like you know what what resulted in us getting to this point it, it makes exactly. the character more interesting. Otherwise, they're just an evil fucking person. Yeah. Although I am a little upset this week with what they did to the poor dolphin. Even though that dolphin oh, was a pervert. Was, I mean, I, I it laughed. was a perverted dolphin. <laughs> I laughed I until the upset. truck. And I, I was very, I'm not going to lie, dude. I, like Mike, I, I was, was not cool with I that. Was I, I was upset. I was like, like I, I know it's not even real, but I'm still bothered. I laugh. I laugh because. I, Can we get some more women sitting on heads and popping heads? Let's kill so more you're okay people with vagina smashing rap, skulls. Let's in. kill another plane I, full of not people. Watching a porpoise fly out of a out yes. of a flying van and get hit by a truck. I draw a line when animals get killed. They can't. They can't help themselves. You can't. You can't even walk. Yeah, it swims. Well, you know, he shouldn't have been on land. So that's his own Dude, fault. Is it justified? How is it his own fault? He was. He, he forgot See, to wear his seatbelt. It's his fault. Dude. Homelander over here is like, <laughs> what? It's a dolphin. It's not. It's not as important as me. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You just pulled a Homelander. Hey, whatever, dude. It's a lesser creature. Why should yeah. I care? See, that's how Ryan acts. Yeah. He probably killed Homelander ants. right here. If he dude, had I, I burnt so many ants with a magnifying glass. Jesus. You probably still do, Ryan. You probably know where all the animals I actually, are I actually just in your pull, backyard. I just pulled the uh, the wings off flies and watched you, them dance uh, around. 
I never did any of that, you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't I'm believe it. I really don't. <laughs> I like how we have known Ryan Thomas for uh-huh. like, I don't know how many years Six, now. Seven We've years. heard him say some pretty horrendous. <laughs> but the animals but, is what we're. now we're finally like, it's we're silent. We have no You're words. You're silenced after a fake dolphin flying out of a fucking truck and getting hit by okay. a semi. I was uncomfortable after with it. I he didn't... was going to finger his blowhole. No, he said touch it. And we He's don't know what it, it was. His anyway, We no. don't know that. Dolphins have dicks. They have anyway, the point is. Despite that uncomfortable, uh, good luck with that search. Despite how uncomfortable and and we didn't like it, <laughs> it was funny the way it was edited with yeah. the pop spice music in the background slow mo, so- and they turned to look at each other. And I knew what was happening. I didn't like it, but I did chuckle at that part until the semi came in. It, so may, it was very disturbing. It's very disturbing, but you know, despite the joke factor, which I think you know, yes. He didn't write it, but Kripke obviously has a showrunner. I, he does bring through that. It's horrible. Let's laugh about it. Kind of humor to his stuff yeah. that I did still like. But it is nice to see that there is a bit of humanity despite what he's done. There's a bit of that to the deep. He's not just some fucking asshole necessarily. I mean, he is, but there's a little bit more. They were definitely playing with conscience in this episode well, because fuck, you saw Maeve struggle with it you saw the deep mm-hmm. struggle with it and it was a big part of huey's story as well the whole aspect of spying oh, yeah. on starlight and then realizing that he was actually enjoying himself having a good time then suddenly the he felt guilt. guilty because a he realizes she's a good person b he found out that translucent has a child and a family and then three, he sees visions of his girlfriend looking at him, laughing and enjoying himself. Or he remembers being a murderer. Yeah. I mean, they were definitely playing with the whole conscious aspect as a bit of a theme for this episode, but Huey is what really encompassed it the most. And they really use it to drive home his story. I totally dig this character. I didn't think I would. I felt like he was going to be the nerd character that knows all the tech and he was going to be put into that little box. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I know computers. I can do all the stuff. And that's all he was going to really be. He was going to be the emotional motivator to get the story going. But luckily, that's not what they're doing with this character. They're really using him. In a lot of ways, he is the the foundation of the entire show. I had thought originally Carl Urban's character, uh, Billy the Butcher, would be the main Right, but as it's turning out, it's 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 focusing more on it's it's Huey. Huey. His his emotions, his revenge, his PTSD, his conscience. This it's really what's driving the entire show, and he's kind of just picking up everyone else on the way. It really is. He he was the first little snowball to create this avalanche of problems. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, dude, it's it is tough to watch. I mean, well done with that. Sa- the sound with the explosion mirroring the bowling pin crash. Like, I loved that bit. I loved how everything else kind of went quiet. And it what started as his... There's a like, lot of smart filmmaking choices. Yeah. What yeah, started clever. as his, like, panic attack things is clearly manifesting in different ways now. And you're right. He knows Starlight's a good person, but yet it didn't stop him either from... You know, yeah, well, tracking it, her phone or spying on her phone. Yeah, but like it's got a double, you know, it's got a double thing. He wants to bang her, dude. Like, of, of course he's gonna, you know. Hey, I do, look, I got to track her phone. Make any sense I got to track her. I got to track her phone, but you know, like, I still, still I got keep, I'm still gonna keep going. You know, he's not gonna stop, God, dude. dude. She's hot. I I think it's okay. I think it's more the fact that his girlfriend literally died like two weeks ago. Shit. She's dead. Oh my, she's dead now, dude. Go with this. Go with Who this. cares about this lesser being? Let's, yeah, she's the lesser being. Dude. Superhero. He They're genetically superior. Homelander's in the studio tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like it when characters are put into because because that's a classic trope of especially the romance, you know, movies. But oh, I did this terrible thing and I should have told you. And no, I don't even want to hear it. And they just walk away, kind of thing. I like that this is. He has very strong reasons for both liking her being attracted to her and liking her as a person and not exactly trusting soups in general. 
and he's going to have to make I that decision later. Likes her. I, emotionally, there's no way he can possibly like her right now, especially after I such think, a tragedy. I think he likes he when you. I think it's a pleasant surprise that she's a normal person after his entire idea or perception mm-hmm. of the soups that have been literally ripped from him, and then suddenly he realizes, okay, well, she is a beacon of hope. Yes, Starlight, you know, makes sense is a beacon of hope that not all of them, not the entire world is a lie. Right. It's that one company that genuinely does care compared to Coca-Cola <laughs> compared to all I the others. Know. It gives you a brief respite from how shitty things are. That's what she is. So even if he's not like emotionally invested right now, he still likes her for what she represents more than anything. But again, that's not going to, it's not going to stop does, you. She, rec- she, uh, He's just hot, dude. If, if I was if I was in his situation, I would I be you're gonna get, like deep on this. Just, no, dude. You know, like, she's just hot. She is, dude. She is. Oh, she is. And the fact that she is as powerful as she is, because she is very powerful. I'd take Maeve and the uh, face sitting girl any day over her. That's because you like. Oh, you're, you're, no, dude. Really? Wrong. I thought you had gone for <laughs> Frenchie's, you know, cherry girl. Oh no, 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 She's my favorite. She she's, is. She's she pretty is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, dude. I'm sorry. I'm still going Starlight, Starlight, though. I, I like the girl next door, man. I know you. Guys I like do. the innocence. Yeah. But even though there isn't any, I like the innocence once it's been destroyed. Oh my through god! Their, through I their, mean, I would not, not because of me. Oh, oh. Through their own life experience, and then they find me, and I'm like, yes. "You like to be worshipped? No, I like to pick up. Okay, the Homelander, <laughs> you like oh. to pick up the pieces. Wow, then, dude, that's and then I, I like have to, to pick up the pieces. You jigsaw are puzzle. you are the guy that they cry on your shoulder, <laughs> no, and you take advantage no, of. No, that is you. No, no, that's no. you, Mike. No, no, yeah, no, no. You just said that's exactly I, I what you just I said. I am the person that will help them realize their greatness with your dick. And then they leave me once they feel better about themselves. <laughs> He's a way station. That's lovely. That is shots no, fired. Listen, I love it. they find me when they're down and out, and they need someone to help them feel good about themselves. And I help them. I, I, I show them their potential. And then it's time You're to fly. You're a truck stop on the road of life. <laughs> He's a truck. Yes, and that's why I'm going to slip my wrist live in the air. He's a speed bump. He's a speed bump. That, uh, no, sl- no, it's the Motel Six. You're like, yeah, it's not the greatest hotel. The for him. It's not the greatest hotel, but I need a, I need a rest. You know, I need some food. There's hey, a, I may not, I may not be in a cot, right? I may not be a five star hotel, but I left the light on for you, and I've got a nice, comfortable bed. Okay, <laughs> this, this, this is depressing. This is the most depressing Jesus. episode. We might need to put Mike on suicide watch after this episode. <laughs> Jesus, goddamn Christ! Well, <laughs> like someone else who wants to die, Billy Butcher. Dude, I uh, he's my favorite character on this show by and large, not only because Carl Urban, but he's just got some of the best fucking lines. I mean, who else gets to do a rousing speech about the Spice Very Girls? Very rousing. Like he like Starlight. Is, he's fucking funny, but we we don't know much about him. We get a little bit in each episode, and here we got to see a little bit more of that humanity who he was before the events that have led him down the path he currently is you know seeing how they opened this episode where we start with warm light bright colors you know clearly happy and then he wakes from the dream to being alone dark gray colors washed out the light has gone from his life in with becca with the dog even like some fucked up stuff happened. When, when your day starts out with a hot pocket and footage from seven years ago of someone you used to care about, maybe things aren't going your way. That was incredibly depressing as well. That's how we started this episode. But I loved that visual of waking from the dream. The light is gone. It's cold and alone here mm-hmm. now. And that's all he has is this vengeance this agenda, this, this oh, it's, it's what's keeping him going. I mean, it's, it's his, his revenge is keeping him going. And I think that's the, that's the, the weirdest part about it. And he, he's using everyone around him to achieve that, to achieve this goal. And he doesn't, and that's, that's the other beauty of, but of Billy is that yes, you can understand his revenge and his vengeance, but at the same time, you forget that he's using these people to get what he wants. So he is the reverse where he has a noble cause air quotes, mm-hmm. 
but he is also doing the same thing that Homelander is doing. You think on, he's a bit of a parallel? I think he's or a, a parallel. I think he's a, yeah. I think he's a parallel to Homelander, just not as well, sick and sadistic. What is that saying? When you fight evil, sometimes you, you have, have to, to become yeah. what you it's, fight. It's like be careful that you don't become evil. Yeah, or something I mean to that's that some superhero motif right there, though. You like, live long yeah, enough yeah, to see yourself is. become the villain. That's pretty line. fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what's awesome. And, and I, of course, we we blow Carl Urban every single episode, but mm-hmm. the guy is an amazing actor. And I think the more that we get with him in this character, the more Bad you ass. see that slow burn character development in a good way. Sometimes mm-hmm. slow burn for me, like as a as a not an intellectual like you guys, is hard because I just want them to ramp up the character. Right, I want to get into like full bore. But with with Butcher, there's a little they're bit of they're doing really good. They're with doing it. really good because what they're doing is he's the mystery element, right? There, there's a mystery to yeah. him that you're like, God, I want to know, but I want you to take your time and tell me, yeah, and show me the right way with not exposition and not a bunch of bullshit. And I think so far, well, that was a great great thing about that scene is it's all the opening he, scene. The dialogue yeah. is nothing because imagine yeah. if he sits down and talks to like say Huey. Well, Huey, I lost the one I love. Yes, yeah, it'd been it'd horrible, be awful. Yeah, this is. This is what Kripke does best, though, when he runs a show. No, it, it, Kripke does a good job with that visual storytelling because the dialogue at that point is doesn't matter. It's him talking to, I believe her name is Becca, the old flame, the old love interest. <clears throat> what they talk about is some concert. It's not relevant. All of what we get is through the visuals, his acting, and what he does. Little things like the date stamp on the security camera. And the fact that he's in a completely different place and alone and on a bed on the floor rather than this warm lit haven, you know. But we get a little bit more of who he is. We we find out about the background through the new addition to the cast. This mute, super powered chick. Like that's all we have to go off. She's right like now. a we fucking have, spider. She's monkey. like Wolverine meets a spider monkey. We're not quite certain. She's hopped up on Mountain Dew. It has to be. <laughs> We see while they're looking for Compound V, we see the this girl locked up and that Frenchie goes off in an attempt to save her. I, I mean, that's kind of what it is. We, we don't really know why he's doing it at first, but she's clearly super powered. That was a gory as fuck scene, but awesome to watch as well. Yeah. She's fucking punches re- holes repeatedly through people's chest. I like to punch holes as I well. I had no like, idea that she would become one of the... The group, part of the group. Did you guys know that? I mean, obviously, Ryan, you have watched it. Yeah, I don't want to say anything. I didn't know at first, but looking at, the, I go back to the Wikipedia every now and then, and I see Cheater. the picture. I'm like, I oh, fuck, she's that, on the poster. I love that her character's called the female. That's the name of her character. <laughs> yeah. The female. The female. Yeah. That's, that's all you need to know, really. That's all we I, know. I would be the alpha male. Oh, gee. Uh, thanks, Homelander, again, <laughs> for showing up to this week. <laughs> No, I, she's clearly a lot of mystery. You know, you know, why was she locked up? How was she connected to Compound V? I like, again, that we see a little bit more of that humanity element brought into these characters, that she comes out first looking like a monster, but clearly she has a, a sorried past, an immigrant who has been lied to and abused and just wants to go home. Connecting with Frenchie, who we know at this point to be just some sort of murdering assassin slash biochemist. Yeah, see, that's another smart way yeah. to bring out a little bit more character development. I mean, by introducing another character, we learn more about Frenchie and we learn something like pretty deep that he's more than just simply a murderer. Yeah. A French guy. Well, and he even <laughs> gives he even gives M.M., you know, a hard time about loving his Beyonce did you slash just, wife. Did you just shorten mother's milk? That's yeah. what they called. That's what Butcher called him at one point. I, I, I know. I just I like don't be, I just don't be so bougie. Just call him mother's milk. Butcher called him. Oh, my M&M. God. Anyway, M&M. he gives mother's milk. Ryan needs phonetics. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> he gives mother's milk shit about his relationship and says he goes to bed with a different woman every night. But then he clearly is borderline owned by uh, Cherry in that episode where she gives him the gas grenade that little scene in the restaurant. So he has, See, that's how me and Ryan probably are both in relationships. We're like, yeah, fuck. Her. I don't need him. I'm the alpha. She's yes, all, babe. I'll bring whatever. the food she home. Grabs your dick. And you're like, God damn it. You're hot. Yeah. <laughs> now what am I supposed to do? I got a boner. Yeah. That's what happened. Son of a bitch. You're, you'd be mother's milk on the phone. Absolutely. No way, dude. I have never Absolutely. been that. Never. Not in front of your friends. I've never been that. Call her back. Period. I'm sorry. I called you a bitch earlier. I, I love you. I no. love you. I love you. Man. 
I love you. Yeah, yeah but make, noodles. make sure my food's on the table when I get home, bitch. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just kidding. I would never make say sure that. Make sure my food's on the What century you do you live in? <laughs> <laughs> Home from uh, home from the office. That turkey better be done. <laughs> you better have a martini as I walk through the doorway, huh? Whatever. I fucked my secretary at lunch. <laughs> Worked up an appetite. Come here, wife. You, I want you to have a name. Like a top hat and a fucking. You have mustache. a fedora yeah, and a suit. Same, yeah. <laughs> like no, dude. You're not the '20s gangster villain. It's called the transatlantic accent. You should look it up. Uh, I am not trans. Thanks for. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, so apparently Ryan's relationship's a bit like Homelander, where he threatens to punch pop- Popclaw unless she tells him the truth. But- <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't punch her. It'd be an open hand back. Oh, punch. my God. Anyway. <laughs> I kidding. Do like, kidding. I do Not like true. that one mention, though, where he says he's got to hide her because Homelander won't like that yes. this escape, the, the, the news got out. Which then leads to even bigger mystery. Are they involved in moving drugs? Is this something... Compound V, Vought Corporation, are they behind this? Yeah. What kind of vested interests do they have? What does Homelander know? Could this play into some of his other overall desire to grow further within the company? Mm-hmm. A lot of mystery, a lot of shit going on here. But, Ryan, I'm going to come to you. What did you think of this episode? Um, th- This we talked about it earlier, but th- th- this is probably the darkest episode we've seen so far. I mean, no, we've, I know we've had murder in a couple of episodes before. And just some really dark themes. But I think the plane scene is the the coup de grace of this episode. It is the scene that shows you the the darkness of these characters and just how fucked up they really are. Um watching a character that's supposed to be the Superman of our of this world, this mm-hmm. universe, literally be two faced to people who are frightened to death. You know, oh, I'm gonna, oh, we're gonna take care of Even it. Even as they're turn, about to die, as they're about to fucking die, and he knows they're gonna die because he's yeah, going to no, let I'm gonna them save die. you. <sighs> yeah, I, I think is just out. is the toughest thing. And then watching Maeve fight her instincts and her humanity, trying to say, oh, well, let's, you know, I'll save you, little girl, and that getting shot down is is such a tough scene to watch. I also like, I said it earlier, the 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 character development with Billy Billy Butcher is is fantastic. There's no forced exposition. They're giving you bits and pieces, and they're slow burning this character who on the outside is this tough kind of asshole guy, but there's more there, and they haven't given mm-hmm. it to us yet. And then as far as Huey goes, he's probably the best character development in all of them. He's going through these the, 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 mm-hmm. the stages of grief, and he's doing it, and he found Starlight, and at first I'm sure his idea of her was she's probably just another piece of shit soup, and he's finding out that she's not that. She's mm-hmm. a normal human being who just happens to have some powers and she's a nice person. She's a good person inside. And I think it's, it's a conflict for him. It's a conflict of interest with what he's doing with Billy. And it's, it's a good, it's a good dynamic with what they're doing. Um, The compound V again, they add something to the show that they added a ton of shit in this episode and they add something that still, you're like, God damn, I want to know more about that. What is going on? Where is the, where is the, where is this going? Where's it going? Where's it going? And I think that's, they, every episode so far, they've added a, a, a one extra thing that makes you go, fuck, I got to watch the next episode. And I think that right there is a testament to the show that every episode at the very end, you're like, shit, I got to watch the next one. Shit, yeah. I, I got to keep going. Um, so <laughs> this another is another great. Yeah, episode. Another, I can't even number. You know, it's over 95 yeah. for me. Mike, what about you? Final thoughts. I really liked how this episode turned out despite the moments that were uncomfortable to watch, I felt like they needed to be, they did the trick. Uh, This show has, has taken disturbing imagery and all manners and made it work to tell a story that's truly dark and sinister. I think that's the best way to encompass this show. If you needed to choose one word, it's sinister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's excellent work. Yeah, this episode was fantastic. It's incredibly disturbing in all the right ways, I guess, is the best way to say that. It's got strong visual storytelling. It uses everything about directing, sound, lighting to to tell the story. It doesn't do anything crazy with the camera work, but it's still just so fucking solid. We get more about our characters. We expand the world just a little bit more. We learn more about characters who had been kind of flat or just not developed yet by the fourth episode. So much shit has escalated from the pilot 
and like you said, Ryan, everyone I know who's watched this has just binged it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I started on Saturday. I finished it by Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those shows, and I'm I'm glad it's getting the recognition it deserves. But that's going to do it here for us with Hang the Boy, Hang with the Boys, Hang the Boys, Hang the, hang boys. the boys. Jesus, uh, that wow. sounds like a cock ring. I'm not into that. It might be. It's it's produced by the Vought Corporation. <laughs> Ezekiel, right? Is part of the ouch. <laughs> No, thank you guys for listening. Please share the show, not only with friends who might like this or Supernatural, but share the boys with everybody else. Like, talk about the I show. I share the Get, boys. Or do that, you know. Be, be giving. Do you, uns- what do you unsolicitly share them? Or? No, no. Uh, consensually. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's not an evil CEO. Got, yeah. Got it. Not yet. Oh. If they ask about the boys, I'm like, yeah, you want to see them? Oh, Jesus. Oh, so, you, right. yeah, you throw it in there. Got it. Okay. So we got Homelander and the Deep on this episode. So that's <laughs> going to do it here. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. One boy's bigger than the other. Though. Oh, God. That's, that's the rumor. You should fuck off, Huey.